Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 54, Underground Virtue. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us, from the Power Gate Worldwide Headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. And yes, today is the day I've been looking forward to, friends, back with a vengeance, or maybe back with a <laughs> virtue. Uh, underground Virtue is our co-host Jesse Fury. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> I'm, back. <laughs> I'm back. Oh, it's good to be back here, man. It's in the been, shed quarters. I love Jesse rolled in today with a new oh, life no. habit that he's developing. <laughs> Um, he obviously uh, wants to drink more water because he's got like a pony keg uh, <laughs> now gene that looks like one of the things that sits on a water cooler almost with a handle that is the coolest thing man what yeah I grab one of those things off the water cooler and flip just, it upside down and just put curled a cap it, on it put a cap on it you strong beast it's pretentious yeah no it's every it. time I open it around people it definitely feels like you're like I drink water look how if, look how hydrated I am that's right you're definitely not drinking enough water because look at this <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. It, it. There are proven health benefits, unlike things like uh, mm. <laughs> essential oils. <laughs> there are proven health. Oh, I benefits. have my I have my case of essential oils okay. in the car. Got but some peppermint in there or some eucalyptus? No, I don't mess around with that. Okay, that's I don't know anything I about said, essential oils. Forgive yeah, me, there, yeah, friends who yeah. are healed and yeah, delivered back up, by back up, read. your essential oils. But uh, <laughs> well, your hydration is actually a proven medical benefit yes, to I'm uh, things and being very hydrated these days. Thank you for awesome. noticing. Welcome back. It's good to see you. We've both been out and about. Uh, the podcast is. I don't know if you noticed our on air sign is I did, now on the wall. I did notice that it was. Yeah, it's on the wall right there for everyone to see. In case someone's going to walk into the shed quarters, they'll know. It's they'll like, know. We're oh, they're on we're studio professional almost now. Yeah, this, this is a little trinket. You know, I'm a little wants. bit intimidated coming back here because the last two episodes were some of my favorites, <laughs> and I and suddenly I thought, but wait. I wasn't, I I wasn't, wasn't there. <laughs> well, the the big reasons for that was because of Kayla and Kyleen, yeah. who were the were the rock stars of the summer on the Gospel Underground. It's and, true. That was one of my favorite episodes we've done. Yeah, and I should have probably asked you if we can do a tech party every summer, but I just assumed it'd be okay. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I bought something. I bought that mic me. The mic. I was calling it the mic. I had to go back and do a post-production edit to yeah. get it correct. Okay. Because I kept calling it mic, and I did an eight-second. It's actually called the mic me. Yeah, I couldn't tell that was post. That was good. What a fun thing. I've used it a little bit more now. I'm still a fan of it. And just so you guys know, we do not do paid advertising. Our review-ish segment, for instance, is nothing to do with anybody giving us money to recommend products. We actually like books and texts and movies and things, and so... We uh, we like to review us things we like, so that's it. That's we right. don't have that today for you, but I do think we have our first segment coming up today. Jesse, what do you got for us? Oh, we got a little in out action. All right, yeah, in I'm, and ba- out. I'm back with some in and out. So uh, it's I, the ham- a, this is the hamburger that's just less a little less good than it, Five it, Guys, right? In and out. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it, a, it, isn't the big debate in and out versus uh, Whataburger? Whataburger is yeah. a Texas thing. I knew nothing about it until the last three years. I go through Texas airports and they're everywhere. Yeah. So so what a surprise! People in Texas think. Their burgers are the best. Yeah, it's a te- it's a Texas <laughs> thing, but we're from Virginia, so we have to represent for five guys. Five guys, yeah. Started in Virginia, yeah, Northern in, Virginia. In and out, in and out, or in or out. So you know, we do this segment where uh, I'm going to ask you a few things, throw, th- throw some things out there, read, and you can go in, talk about it, or stay out if you're scared. <laughs> so uh, these are some of these are softballs, right? So first up, Apple Card, in or out. I, I am very in on the Apple card. In fact, I will uh, 
you remove, don't have it. I oh my gosh, let me see. My, <laughs> you talk about pretentious, your water wow. bottle. I, I now have a pretentious titanium credit card with an Apple logo on it with my name. No numbers, because who needs numbers if you have an Apple card? So yeah, wow. I'm, I'm in on that. I've been using it for a little over a week. I did sign up the day they announced it, so I got it before everybody got it, which was kind of fun. And very simple process to sign up through the wallet app and Apple Pay. It's uh, 3% back cash back if you buy Apple things with it. If you buy anything with Apple Pay, it's 2% across the board no matter what it is. And if you use the number online or your titanium pretentious card, it's 1% cash back. But, but as I told my kids, uh, cash back only matters. You pay your credit card off and you're not paying those interest rates that are in the teens. Mm. So that's our goal game plan. A couple weaknesses. I got it blocked when I was traveling because I, I used it in four different states on my way to Oklahoma. And when I got there and put a big uh, hotel for a week on it, uh, they blocked it. And so I had to call Goldman Sachs. They didn't have their act together. And there's no way in the app to actually say, I'm going to be traveling. Oh. And even if you go overseas, you have to call them like Goldman Sachs on the phone, which is lame. And the other thing is it doesn't integrate with Quicken or Mint or even hmm. dumping out Excel files, but the app itself is beautiful. It shows you everything right. you do and all kind of uh, analytics. So Apple Card, <laughs> I'm all in on that. Let me let me just bang this titanium. Oh, look. wow. How about that <laughs> on the microphone? Wow. Yeah, I just signed up. Oh. I signed up yesterday, and I thought I was like, I got the email. And I must have signed up within seconds, within minutes. And it and it, get, it approves you. And in it's seconds. oh, it's amazing. It's a pro- and you you see your credit limit. And you're like, oh wow, wow, I'm important. I'm, I, can, I can go spend some money now. <laughs> yeah. But knowing that you've been carrying that around for a week, I feel lame. Yeah, it was good because like my wife actually um, used both of my credit cards that we actually had before on a fake Brooks tennis shoes Chinese website scam site and uh, she gave all of my credit card information to somewhere that both the uh, block for fraud protection <laughs> so I had to cancel them all I literally had no credit card so I actually traveled with only this okay um, and then it got blocked and I was on the phone for 30 minutes but I, I didn't give up on it okay uh, I'm still okay. I'm still I'm still in on <laughs> <laughs> all right in or out Female kickers in the NFL. I don't know if you've seen this. I have not seen this. But I believe it was just yesterday that Carly Lloyd, she hammered a 55-yard field goal in practice at uh, Philadelphia Eagles practice. Like just right through the middle of the uprights. What do you think? In or out? Uh, like am I for that or yeah? Are you I, for it? Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm for that. I think that's great. I don't care, you know, what gender they are. You could have a transgender kicker in the NFL, as far as I that's care, right. because this isn't like a, a you know, if you you're can not kick a taking ball, a scholarship from somebody, right? You're not going to be like linebackering in the women's league, with right? A, with a dude or something where there'd be physical violence or something. So yeah, 55 yard, good, good for Carly Lord if she can kick successfully for a long. That's time. That's a long field goal. That is a legit long field as goal. as a red. Fan, I would take someone I could depend on a 55, 45 yard field goal. New Jersey native Carly Lloyd from the U.S. women's national team, uh, maybe finding her second calling. So, yeah, I'm in yeah, on that. Yeah, go ahead, Carly. I'm in on that. And she's got to be at least as big as most NFL kickers, right? <laughs> I actually have no idea. They Shot, look small. Shots fired on, <laughs> on the one bar helmet. Uh, my name is Pepe Lewepe. I kick the ball. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, we're going to move on. Kick, okay. kickers, kickers are valuable, though, man. Yes. They can bless you or break you. Yes. I can tell you that. Yeah. Thank God for the kickers. Okay. In or out, Greenland. 
Should we should we buy it? <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna stay out. Okay, I'm okay, just out on that. Okay, then this uh, is another in or out. Do you uh, think Trump should take over Greenland from <laughs> he's Denmark? He's trying to buy should it, he, right? Should he invade if uh, they don't give it to us? Didn't That's, he cancel a trip just yeah, because they wouldn't sell him Greenland? Uh, apparently, so love it. I'm gonna stay out on that. Okay, yeah, I love that you stayed out. Let yeah. me clarify. Okay, <laughs> um, last one, last one. I was gonna surprise you with one, but we'll just stick with this. Uh, Netflix Prime. Disney now has their new streaming TV service coming out in November. Disney Plus. Uh, you got HBO. You got all kinds. Of, uh, yeah, and yeah. now you got Apple Plus, who are promising nine ninety nine a month and all uh, kinds well, of their original. Price, their price is not announced yet. Well, I heard uh, they're I heard they're talking today nine ninety nine. Okay, that's a little. So, high, so what do you think? Which is the streaming service to rule them all, Reed? You gonna um, have them all? I, I am not, because um, I would feel really bad uh, about liking TV too much. So I'm not gonna have them all. Um, some people are saying Netflix could be in trouble, but they're just so far ahead and everybody has Netflix. So it's going to be hard to, to imagine that now Disney, okay. uh, Disney actually owns, um, ESPN as well as Hulu. And so they're offering a bundle of ESPN plus Disney plus and Hulu live stuff. Or maybe it's just the catalog Hulu. I'm not sure for like 1299. So they're going to be aggressive. And they'll right. have the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep, they have Star Wars, Marvel. Mm. Uh, they have all the Pixar stuff. They have all the Disney stuff. So and I think Disney Plus just by itself is six ninety nine. That's which right. Which is very cheap. And we already uh, subscribe annually to ESPN Plus because I have a sports uh, nut kid in our house. It's very interesting. One of the things I have, I actually have a spreadsheet now to keep track of our media spend because it used to be you paid your cable bill or whatever. Now we pay the cable company for our internet, and then we also have uh, Netflix. We have Prime because we have Prime for other That's purposes, right? right? I, I use Amazon all the time, mainly for my book addiction. Um, and so you're fine. So we, you can't spend too yeah, much on books. I have, you're fine. I have audible subscription. So I have to keep track of that. So we are still far below our cable spend. Um, cause we've been cord cutters for six, seven years now, I think. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think, um, Apple TV plus is an interesting play because if it's 10 bucks, I think that's high for them. And, and I, cause they really don't have content yet. They have these shows that they're going to have at launch, but they'll probably have more and more that they've already signed and spent like a billion dollars on coming. Um, but they, they're going to have to have a show everybody wants to watch. And I think that's what drives traffic to, to these services. And I think that if, if they keep these open, subscribe, and then quit it, you know, no penalty kind of thing mm -hmm. for a couple months, I think what people will do will jump on to an HBO, watch Chernobyl, jump off. They'll jump on to an Apple TV, watch this uh, non-comedy show that the, the dude uh, Steve Carell's on, which everybody thinks is a comedy, which is not a comedy. I think people may jump on for a season to, to, to watch these shows, um, and that may be the way it goes. So. That's right. Yeah, well, I had read that, I read this morning that Apple was – going to most likely offer a free trial that will be longer. So, right, you know, with Netflix, what do you have, a week or two? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's not, it's not yeah. long, but maybe a longer free trial to get you hooked. Yeah. And you kind of start watching the shows. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm on episode five. I can't, I can't quit it. I can't quit. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. $10. Yeah. It's interesting. It's got you... It, you almost have to have a long spreadsheet to keep track of what you're actually spending, but even more so uh, keeping track of how much your you and your family actually sit in front of televisions. Mm. Because uh, I just read a book um, for a conference I just did on uh, screen time with kids, and it was something like seniors in high school are like on their devices like six hours a day apart from school and leisure and things like that. It, the numbers are crazy. And so uh, I would be a little concerned of how much of this can we even take in wow. versus how much time do we have 
Wow, good. Good job. Good job going in or out there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, how virtuous is TV? That, that'd be an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us to our main topic today, underground virtue. You know, we mentioned this in a previous one that we were going to tackle this in the future. In the past, we did an episode on underground saints. Yes, that, that'll probably continue. And our hope future. is, well, yeah, we'll roll that as we, you know, highlight different underground saints. Um, Those that are worthy. That's uh, right. That title, like Mr. Malcolm was before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, He's with the Lord. Maybe, do you have to be dead to be an underground saint? Mm. Or maybe just somebody that you, people don't know about. Mm. We'll talk about yeah. that later. Yeah. <laughs> if you're dead, you can't do anything. You can't, you can't, you can't mess it up. That's right. right. One of of the brilliance of Catholic canonization. That's right. You got to be dead. It's uh, safe. Your miracles are in your rear rear mirror. Probably need to make sure that there's no secret writings out there that haven't been discovered yet. Well, this, Mm. this episode, we're going to look at underground virtue. And so the, the idea behind this read is, uh, is number one, what is virtue and how does virtue relate to the, say the distinctively Christian view of life? And then number two, and here's the here's the uh, kind of semi provocative question I want to ask. I want you to answer. You got to go. You got to go in on this. Okay. Okay. Can you call? Can you cultivate virtue uh, publicly? Let me make it even mm. even even more. Mm. So I'd say think we'd probably say yes to that in a flat level. But uh, how difficult is it to cultivate virtue when you're on display? When you're saying. Right. Famous, semi-famous, uh, you know, we live in a culture right now where... So, like, watch me as I become so awesome and good. Yeah, good yeah, and- <laughs> yep, watch me, just watch me, Yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, we'll come around to that part uh, of it, but first, if you, I'd like to just kind of, let's dive into virtue. What is virtue? Uh, so, virtue, in the way that we think of it, uh, mostly finds its, its roots in kind of a, a Greco-Roman worldview, uh, maybe tracing classically to Aristotle, uh, whose idea of virtue was that virtue was the orientation of life that leads to uh, eudaimonia. Mm. It leads to, this is, this is the Greek word for the good life, a, a life of flourishing. Sometimes mistranslated happiness, but it's more like the good life according to virtue. That's right. Yeah. So not not simply happiness, but uh, but like a like a holistic life ordered to the good. And that's um, even more like in the founding documents of America, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness is probably more connected to that kind of right. idea than a modern glibness or, oh, I don't have any yeah, troubles. Yeah. yeah. Life, liberty and the pursuit of the good. The yeah, good yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. Historically, you've got, uh, you know, we've received this idea of cardinal virtues. So. I'm just going to run through some of these. So cardinal means uh, chief, or really it comes from the sense of hinge uh, or pivot. So in other words, there's you could maybe list 100 ethical virtues, but uh, traditionally these four would serve as the hinge, the, the pivot point where uh, other virtues would come from these things. Mm, so those mm. four are uh, prudence, which is... Can I, oh, can yeah, I pause yeah, this for yeah. one second? Um, one of the things that was helpful for me years ago was looking at virtue... Uh, as a related to a particular type of thing. In other words, like what are the virtues of a knife, right? Well, dullness would not be a virtue because it doesn't help its purpose be fulfilled. So like sharpness would be a virtue of a knife. And then we talk about a human being, right? The ancient Greeks would apply that. What are the things that make a human being a good thing, right? Rather than a vice or something like that. So these cardinal virtues are directly applied to us as people, right? That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. As a matter of fact, in the ancient kind of Greco-Roman worldview, 
um, you've got these are the these are the virtues that lead to you being a good person, yeah. and 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 even any of these virtues they they cultivated a sense of uh, or they had a sense of um, a virtuous or golden mean. So, for instance, when we get oh we'll get there, but so with prudence, uh, the four cardinal virtues are prudence, temperance, justice, and courage. So prudence is is the basis or the measure of other virtues. It's it, in a sense it's applied wisdom in order to choose the good and avoid the evil. How do I, you know, uh, I think back, who was the presidential candidate, candidate can't, can't do it, wouldn't be prudent back in the day? The George, George, uh, George W. Bush. W. Bush. Yeah, yeah. You know, the idea is, is it wouldn't be wise. It wouldn't be a smart thing to do. Or you balance it out and you sort of choose the right. No, maybe it was dad that said, wouldn't be prudent. I think yeah. it was, it was, it was, it was the first Bush. You're yeah. right. Yeah. It was, well, in my mind, it was Dana Carvey. Yeah, on Saturday, <laughs> wouldn't be Saturday prudent. Line. Wouldn't be prudent. Yeah. Uh, okay, so and temperance is desire, desiring or willing pleasures in a reasonable manner. So, in other words, um, it's okay to desire good things and pleasurable things. But like you just mentioned with uh, with screen time and TV, and it's like, well, there's a there's a temperance here. We don't we don't want to overdo it. Right. You know, we don't want to oversaturate. Um, it, oftentimes temperance is, we think of it related to alcohol right we're, we're we want to be uh in the middle here right. justice uh justice is probably most familiar but i uh justice is there's an internal sense of justice where we relate rightly with other people and then that translates to to like a state social justice where uh, people are in symmetry with one another. We would re- relate well and rightly with other people. Read, read this definition yeah. here because I might disagree with it strongly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elaine Scarry has a little book, and shoot, I'll have, we'll put it in the in the um, show notes. But in it, uh, and I think it's called on. Well, I'll find it. Uh, she's got a quote that justice is a symmetry of everyone's relations to each other. Now, does she mean sameness? of everyone's relationships, like we're all the same or, or kind of this idea of, um, everyone's relationship to each other are kind of flattened. No, 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 no. So, okay. The name of the book is on beauty and being just. Mm, good. And so she's trying to, to weave together this sense of beauty, that yeah. beauty requires harmony and harmony and justice go hand in hand so that, uh, different, different, you have, you know, in any kind of, you have four parts in a four part harmony, right? Yeah, so yeah, 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 if yeah. they're all the same, then, then you don't have the beauty that you get when you have these different things functioning in a way that are, are uh, harmonious. Just, justice is such a hard one for me because there's like you can talk to as many people and get a different definition of what yeah. people think justice is. But so I won't do that to this podcast. Yes, don't do that. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, we're going to yeah. move along. So the next one is courage. Courage uh, could be thought of as facing difficulties well, fortitude. Like a so so in the, in this sense, there here's a there's a good one for mean thinking of like a middle grass, a mean being not so on one end you could be so bold that you just do crazy stuff. It's foolish foolishness. Yeah. You know you're you're just you know reckless with your life, and then on the other side you could be so timid that you aren't able to face mm. difficulties well. All right, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Yeah. So. Added to the cardinal virtues in most uh, virtue ethics or ways of thinking. Would I just be... dropped an 80s country music song. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> what, what song is that? I've heard that, but you don't know. You've Do you got know? to stand for something or you'll fall That's for That's the anything. name of the yeah, song? I think it's, okay. I think okay. it's Joe Diffie. I, I, I think. No, I don't know. Keep going. Sorry. I was busy listening to, well, 
You got to be your own man, not a puppet on a string. Never compromise what's right and uphold your family name. Were you listening to You've that? You've got to Virginia stand Beach? for something. It's just, I, I remember things now that are meaningless for my life. <laughs> and I forget things that are very important. That's right. So my yeah. wife would say. So. Prudence, temperance, justice, and courage. courage. Sorry for taking yeah, this that's off okay. track there. Yeah. And then to that, you've got the theological virtues, uh, faith, hope, and love. Now, you could, we could keep going down the list. And those were deemed that by Thomas Aquinas in yeah, history, right. but also in 1 Corinthians 13, the greatest of these, faith, hope, faith, hope and love, charity grace, sometimes. Love. Yeah. Yep, that's right. So those are biblical theological virtues. And, and you know, we have biblical precedent uh, even for this idea of virtue. Second Peter 1.5 says, uh, to make every effort to supplement or add to your faith virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and, and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with bro- brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. And so in the scriptures, uh, what, what, what the New Testament does, and I think what Jesus ultimately does is give us a uh, the true vision for what virtue is. So a Christian vision for virtue would be an integration of these and other virtues into a life that goes, here's, here's how I'm defining it, a life that goes with the grain of God's created order and is aimed to his glory and our joy. So, Amen. And by created order, you get to that idea of purpose, right? Get back to the knife illustration. That's right. The purpose of that knife is to cut, so it better be sharp. The purpose of a human is what God designed, right? That's the right. The created order for our purpose in life, and then we align to it. That's right. So I like that. Yeah, in a sense, Aristotle was right. The virtuous life is a lifestyle of habits aimed at the goal of eudaimonia of human flourishing and the good life but the gospel introduces for us like it introduces a desire for god uh so that we're driven by our love for him and uh and it introduces the power of the holy spirit the aim of glorifying god and and it gives us in jesus the vision for what does virtue actually look like carl carl henry in his uh book christian personal ethics puts it this way the christian virtues all cohere in a harmonious whole and it's the Holy Spirit who fits each in place in the good life. So let me ask you this, Reed. Do you, do you think virtue, is it cool? Uh, do, do we talk about virtue enough in the Christian life? Um, it, it, I don't think so. It, when, when we ask that kind of question, though, it's like which tradition, That's right. which historical stream, which contemporary or modern expression of Christianity. So it's, I, I encounter this in the philosophical part of Christianity where people are talking about ethics and how to base or ground ethics or meta ethics. Uh, where you have virtue ethicists, which are drawing on both the Greco- the Greek philosophical as well as the Christian theological vision together. So you hear about it there, but in like your average pulpit, yeah, highly no, not at all. We, right. you know, we don't talk about this enough, and I'm glad you uh, you want to have some underground virtues. Yeah, I, and and I'm not trying to recapture uh, the use of that particular word. But the concept behind human flourishing by living in God's ways to God's glory in a holistic way. And even a transformational way that we actually are becoming something different. Yeah. These things are actually being shaped or formed in us mm, um, as mm. we're conformed to God or the image of Jesus, which is like the most virtuous. That's uh, right. Man. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's now talk about underground, right? So we are the gospel underground. Underground is near and dear to our hearts as part of really who we are in our identity on, on this podcast. And, and Reed, it's part of your identity too, right? So I, most of you know because you listen to this podcast because of Reed, 
But oh, no, no, no. Stop, stop, stop it. <laughs> it's true. Stop, and stop I'm okay. It. I've come to grips with that. It's okay. Uh, I call, I think I call Reed the most, uh, the, the most famous, the most secret, secretively famous person I know because, uh, n- he's, no, he's not famous. Right. But, and yet he's, everyone knows Reed, especially in the church leadership world, because he served so many people, but he does it in a way, Reed, you do it in a way that you where make, you, <laughs> you, you, this is awkward because you're yeah. trying to be underground and I'm, yeah. I'm exposing you, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, it, this is part of who we are. And, 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 uh, recent news in the Christian weird Christian, uh, world has made me think a lot about this. Uh, in particular, thinking about Jesus's words in Matthew six and in the Sermon on the Mount about secrecy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then looking at our culture and the way that our culture elevates leaders, puts them on platforms, and gives them a uh, influence, elevates visibility, yeah, uh, yeah, rather than secrecy. secrecy. Recently, Josh Harris kissed Christianity goodbye, and, <laughs> and this is not a Josh Harris podcast. Uh, and we won't get into that very there's, much. There's others who are podcasting and writing and blogging about a famous person leaving the faith. And, and we'll he, leave that to yeah, them. We'll leave that to them, yeah. yes. Um, also, Marty Sampson, which to be quite honest with you, I don't know who he is. I don't know him But either. apparently he's a Hillsong worship guy, <clears throat> one of them. And he also has publicly... Walked away in some way. I, I'm researching Josh Harris that via Instagram up. post or something. Yeah, it was also via yeah. Instagram. So both of them announcing it. Please on give Instagram. us give us your privacy, our privacy, as we publish this on Instagram. Yeah, right. So the, and what you're describing, Reed, is part of the the whole the whole complex of yeah. we use these very public, uh, we use our influence, we use our platforms to even ask for the privacy that we're not. You know, like if right, Josh Harris right. would have just walked away, yeah, I would just, have never known. Right. Just, yeah, just disappeared, whatever. I yeah. would have never known. And I, yeah. And neither would ha- 30,000 other people or however many people uh, follow him. So, uh, you know, looking at these guys and the fact that from a very early age, you know, Harris was how old? Do you know how old? He, yeah, I think I he was know. 21. Yeah, teenager. I think he was 21 or, yeah. when he wrote I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Uh, and it was really elevated probably before that, even into a place of, uh, a really semi-fame. Um, you know, most Christian pastors aren't famous, but they're, they can be semi-famous. And, uh, and I, I find that to be a, an obstacle to cultivating virtue. This is my, the, my theory, right. is, that, is that fame is, an, is, is a diff, exceedingly narrow is the way of virtue and in, in fame. Right, right. That there's an aspect of uh, growth and development that needs to be um, seen by God, seen by close acquaintances, family, friends, church members, that isn't well-suited to have a spotlight on That's it. That's right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. You know, recently there's a relevant article on uh, on this. Uh, I'm trying to remember where it was. Uh, maybe a year ago. No, it was this year. It just happened. As a matter of fact, I think this was like today. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a New Kind of Prosperity Gospel. And uh, in that article, the author, uh, Ian Harbour, he puts forward that the new prosperity gospel is fame and place. So uh, young, young, the youngest generation among us are often flocking to particularly um, trendy places, right? So 
maybe Portland, Seattle, uh, Portlandia. Yeah. And, and then, and, and even to the, to the, to the point where this is now, if I'm here, I've made it. Yeah. 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 And then, and then fame that, that, uh, you know, how many, how many thousands of Instagram followers, this is now the new prosperity. Right. Right. The and, new cloud. Yeah. The right, new, yeah. the new evidence even of maybe favor, the new evidence of, of the good life. I've got the good life because I have 20,000 followers on Instagram, but there's a cost to that kind of fame. Recently, there's an article in on medium. They've got a new website called elemental. And, uh, and this article, which we'll link to talks about how, uh, younger adults, between ages of 18 and 24 are more likely to use Instagram than just about anything else. And certainly more than people over 34 and re- recent research shows that Instagram affects our mental health really, really negatively. Yeah, yeah. Specifically the research is young, young women. And uh, w- what we have in this article is a psychology professor, Danielle Lee Wagstaff at Federation university, Australia uh, talking about how Instagram uh, more than any other platform uh, pr- promotes social comparison and we have immediate access to idealized images. They don't accurately, accurately represent the world. Uh, people only post the best images on Instagram. Certainly, I, I know that's true for me. Uh, maybe you post in one take your smoking your smoking pork <laughs> brisket videos. Uh, you should follow Reed on Instagram if you want to see some some meat smoking in the smoker. Vegetarian, stay away, <laughs> stay away. You and know. so and so, you know, we don't we have a false sense of what normal is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so sure. it may, all of this sh- to me, I want to ask the question: Can you cultivate virtue publicly? Or a better way to put it is: Is fame kryptonite for cultivating virtue? Wow. Um, are you willing to go there? Yeah. Are you in or out? Yeah. I I think it's an important thing to talk about. Um, because in, in, in many aspects, um, and in even some of the development of thoughts on virtue, there is a public virtue and a private virtue, right? There's practices that we, people, some people call them disciplines. Some people call them habits, Modern business marketing calls them habitudes. Um, there's a whole. I realize there's a whole <laughs> genre of books called habitudes. Uh, but yeah, there are. Is that real? Yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's real. Um, there's habitudes. There, there's a privateness uh, to the development of a person, and then there's a publicness to it. And whether you know is fame virtues kryptonite? That's a great question. Well worded, Jesse. Um, maybe I do think the public. Um, a public a person's life in public is tested at least okay uh, what virtue is there or not i think some sorts of spotlights and you know, let me be honest pressure um is rev- revelatory or revealing to what is actually there in the person's character that's built up and um i just gave a talk out to some friends in oklahoma to a, a large staff team about uh, character and trust and leadership and how Character is something that's deposited over long periods of time. And, yeah. and I would say, I agree with you 100%, uh, character virtue is deposited in secret. And like I use the example of a river. Like at the end of a river, there's this place called a delta that can be very fertile. Things can grow there because there's been a lot of sediment and deposit over time. Oh, that's um, good. But there's also this thing called um, erosion. Um, so there's deposition, that the good deposit of life and virtue and through practices in secret. But then there's also erosion. Uh, where, you know, massive collapses, sinkholes can happen because of erosion uh, of character, right? And so I think uh, publicity, fame, public nature of life 
can put pressure on a, a woman or man's character such that it can start to erode and we don't see it Yeah, um, because everything looks great. And uh, mm. people are gifted, they're influential, they're trusted, uh, they write books, they speak, or whatever it might be in certain industries that do this. But we don't know what's happening to the, to the man or woman right. where underneath it could all be collapsing because mm. there isn't virtue there. So it... For me, it's like a foundation for life. And in in ancient world, right, that was one of the purposes of education. Yeah. And I, you know, you and I would both agree that should be a purpose. Education isn't vocational training just to get jobs or or even career training in America to use a lesser word than vocation. But it's it's to form a woman or man into a virtuous person and aligned to the purposes of God. Uh, And I do think then that can sustain the necessary things in life. I mean, the the words I gave my son when he was born, we have man words. He's 13 now, so he's kind of becoming a man, or courage, truth, and valor, because I wanted to see those virtues formed mm. in him, this kind of cur- courageousness mm. and then integrity, li- living according to truth and his purpose by God, and then valor, knowing when to put those together for the sake of others, right? Mm. Um but yeah, kryptonite, it's certainly a, an enemy at times. Yeah, because in, in, in the way that I think about this is people people fail morally. And it, it's not just famous people, right? So uh, it's not just Josh not just Harris. ministers. It's not just Josh Harris who's walked lawyers, away from the faith. Ditch diggers. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. And so so it's not it's not like we can make draw a direct Who knows what's happening in in these guys' lives. Right, uh, right. I, I don't. I don't right. know them. I don't even want to speculate. And, and there's no many idea. sense where it's not even our business. It's, right. I, I wish I didn't even have to. <laughs> yeah, I wish I wasn't yeah. even thinking about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because there's plenty to worry about in my own neighborhood. Yeah. We ought to do an episode on the the gossip culture of Western yeah. civilization. We talk about everybody all the time. That's right. And so and so, who knows what's going on there? And certainly, we all are in danger ourselves, and we see it all around us. I, I just am. I'm wondering. I, I think that the that that Fame and and influence and platform can be kryptonite. Yeah. I think if if they come disproportionately to where the virtue has already been developed. Yeah, and so to me, like when I look at it, so using Josh Harris just because he's it's convenient. He was twenty one when he got a book deal about to write a book about dating. I don't I don't look at Josh Harris. If if listen, if any publisher in the world came to me as a 21-year-old and said, "Hey, I'd like to pay you to write a book." Yeah. I don't yeah, of course, yeah. I'm the best guy to write that book for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, the it's the nobody should ever come to me at 21 and ask yeah. me to write anything. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I want to read from Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer's been really informative, formative for me. Bonhoeffer is the mm. the, the namesake of Jesse's ministry. That's right. For, for those of you out there, maybe uninitiated, he was a German theologian and pastor and trainer of pastors. That's right. During the time of Adolf Hitler, and actually put to death by the Nazis. That's right. So yeah. uh, directly ordered by Hitler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bonhoeffer was, and Bonhoeffer uh, lived this out. Right. So he was the probably the up and coming. Uh, big big name theologian, which in Germany in the 1920s meant something, right? It, it, there was actual fame. And because of his uh, principles stand against the Nazi party and their anti-Semitism and some of their other practices with the church, he he is, essentially took his training of seminarians secret. Underground. He went underground, man. We, we call the Bonhoeffer House, you know, it was his underground seminary. Yeah. And so, so yes, I, I, he's a hero of mine and, and the namesake for our pastoral training ministry that we've started here. 
and and certainly he's been influential and formative for me in thinking about this because what we want to do with the Bonhoeffer House, I want to I want to train up God, I want to form and shape guys, so that by the time they have influence, uh, they're they're they've been formed in virtue, they've, yeah. they've been formed in character. Bonhoeffer, one of his books, Cost of Discipleship, is essentially an unpacking of the Sermon on the Mount, and he's addressing Jesus's. Uh, talking about secrecy in Matthew 6 and says this, uh, Christ's virtue, the virtue of discipleship, can only be accomplished as, so long as you are entirely unconscious of what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the genuine work of love is always a hidden work. From whom are we to hide the visibility of our discipleship? Certainly not from other men, for we are told to let them see our light. So pause there for a second. He, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's trying to be faithful to Jesus has just finished saying, uh, you don't cover your lamp. You let your light shine. The you know yeah. your your salt salt and light to the world. So he goes on to say, no, we're to hide it from ourselves. Our task is simply to keep on following, looking only to our leader who goes on before, taking no notice of ourselves or of what we are doing. Mm. Uh, he, he goes on to say that that uh, manifestation is the appointed reward for hiddenness. The only question is where shall we receive it, and who will give it to us? If we want publicly in the eyes of men, then publicity, we publicity in the yeah. eyes of men, then we have our reward. Wow. And so he's, you know, he's essentially what he's saying is, is that when we, we, when we think about the secrecy of practicing, because this is all in the, in the part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is talking about, beware of practicing your righteousness before others in right. order to be seen by them. And Bonhoeffer says, hey, our job isn't to try to hide it from other people, it's to hide it from ourselves. Right. And so, uh, yeah, keep, what do you think about that? I think it keeps the motivation um, on the the right thing and not the thing itself. In other words, if your motivation is to be seen or be public, you can do some of the same acts, but the internal reality of what you're longing for is actually the praise of people and to be seen by them or to get, you know, whatever it is in your, your field that you want, book deals, your face everywhere to be, to be powerful, whatever it might be, or even in your family, you get everybody to bow down to you, whatever power moves. But I think if we do those things for the sake of God or, or the sake of doing them because they're right, um, it's a different motive. And I think, um, Man, one has a real twisted effect and the kindness of Jesus, right, to say, let's not give away money and write the big checks and throw a parade for ourselves right, because right. that's going to be bad for us. But rather in the purity of left hand, not knowing what the right hand is doing, be generous, right, which is a virtue that could be developed in us by actually practicing being generous to people. And I think... Uh, what a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, how do you hide it from yourself? That's yeah. so hard, right? Yeah. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, you know? it's, it seems what Bonhoeffer is saying here is it pretty closely connected to what um, C.S. Lewis was saying around the same time of, uh, of uh, where, where, what he says about humility. Humility is not thinking uh, less of ourselves, but thinking of ourselves less, yeah, uh, which is good. something that Keller has kind of really pulled yeah. out in his uh, little book. Yeah, What's that book called? Uh, Self-forgetfulness? Yeah, it's a tiny little book. I actually just read that this summer. A friend of mine, uh, Rachel, what's up, Rachel? Uh, Athletes in Action Canada gave out these little books, and I read it, and it's like, oh, such a good book and humility. Yeah, Yeah. and so... Self-forgetfulness. Yes, the freedom freedom of self-forgetfulness. Yeah. Yeah. 
because the freedom is is that uh, we, we I can't hide my righteousness, my righteous deeds from myself by trying to do that, right? Because right? then I'm just doing this circle where I'm just like, oh, I'm, all I'm thinking about is the things that I do. Yeah, I hide it by looking to Jesus, by yeah. uh, be practicing forgetfulness about what I've done. It's like making an observation of an electron in quantum mechanics, and you look <laughs> at it and disappears. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> It's exactly, uh, that's uh, exactly what it's like. Or Keller's quote, humility is possibly. so shy, you begin to speak about it and it leaves the room. Ah, uh, yeah, that's, that, that one, that one lands for me. So, <laughs> so how do we practically cultivate virtue in this public age, right? Yeah. An age of social media. It used to be that you could, even uh, a famous person was only known yeah. regionally. Yeah. And now, you know, I, I miss the days where I wouldn't have known that, you know, Josh Harris walked away from the faith. Yeah, yeah. Now mass communication and niche niche followings, yeah. people can have little crews of yeah. thousands of people, right? Because yep. of social media. That's right. I've got some friends that, have, in wisdom for their the good of their own heart and life and soul, have gotten out. And I heard a couple of guys this week when I was out in Oklahoma, some some friends who have gotten out of social media, and it's been a blessing to them. Yeah. And I think it, it is a blessing to not be in that world. And I struggle with that whether I should just dip yeah. altogether. Um, or not. And, you know, so I, what I'm trying to do is, is just live my life on social media a little bit and not try to make it to, to make, Hey, how can I post to get more followers? How do I post to an audience? How do I post to build a platform? Right. Those are the questions that I'm, I'm really mm. tempted with. And so I try not to do that. So my, my following me on Twitter is probably boring. Um, you know, going to see me getting smoked. You maybe find it's a quote that I me. like, <laughs> um, something about my children, right. you know, um, and, and, you know, I do want people to, um, be blessed or encouraged or yeah. you know, speak in the world to be helpful. And that's a real hard thing. Like how do you, uh, be influential, um, without trying to make yourself something. And that's, mm. that's something, I mean, Jesus said, and this is a shocking statement about Jesus in Philippians two. He made himself nothing, nothing like, okay, how do we make nothing of ourselves mm. in this world? That'd be a good goal. Right. Um, but then, you know, we get a paycheck where you live. I mean, it's like yeah. you got to do something with yourself, too. And I think God wants us to, as you've taught us on, on faith and work and vocation. Um, but it's tricky. It's tricky. Right? How it's do you tricky. Know? Yeah. yeah. How do you know what your heart's doing? I think yeah. we do know, but we got to be careful on social yeah. media. It's tricky. Well, let me highlight in closing a few things. Uh, just the, here's some here's some bullet points to the value of the undergrounds, particularly in Jesus and, and the church. Uh, Jesus was underground for 30 years. Like, that's pretty significant. Yeah. There's not like me. a whole lot even given to us about his early life. That's right. right. We hear a few things. Some whacked out false gospels. That's about it. Yeah. That's not even true. <laughs> uh, Jesus's regular practice was actually to seek less fame and to be more underground from yeah. the very first, uh, very first miracle and onward. Oftentimes, you'll have him essentially say, Keep this. Don't tell anyone. Keep this about on the this. down yeah. the down low, right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Jesus connects flourishing. So this whole in the Sermon on the Mount, the blessed be, blessed be. He connects flourishing with secrecy. So there's some connection in his teaching between uh, human flourishing and and it, which w- what I mean by that is uh, living in God's ways to God's glory with secrecy. Uh, Jesus chose underground disciples. He didn't. He didn't choose guys who were the most influential. Uh, he choose he chose guys who uh, that they they wouldn't have had a big following on on social media, right? Right, right. Um, they had no uh, monuments and statues set up to them in the ancient world. Yeah, 
Oh, okay. So here's another one. The gospel, there's a, there's a sense of undergroundness to the gospel, right? Oftentimes as Jesus is preaching the good news, he talks about how this is like a secret. Like this yeah, is something yeah. that's hard for some people to understand, but, but people that, that hear it and understand it, that blessed are they. Yeah. He, he who has ears to hear, yeah. let him hear. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then finally the church began and often spreads best historically underground. So we've yeah. got, you know, yeah. some good reasons to, to value and prize the underground. That being said, I, I think we've seen that too historically when there's oppressive yeah. regimes where fame is not even fame and popularity are getting known for Christianity is the exact opposite. And you really, um, there's places today on earth where the church is growing like wildfire and it's held down and oppressed because it's functioning in this yeah. way. It's beautiful. Yeah. So here, let me give you, I'm going to run through some clo- closing thoughts here. Uh, here's one, follow normal people on social media. So normal people you actually know. So I'm not saying don't follow famous people, but I, I pretty much cut all my famous people because uh, they're not normal, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or at least their curated photos on Instagram are yeah. not normal I, life. I remember probably a good 10 years ago now that I really wanted to be known by certain people, like so mm. try to interact with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, they, they, those cool people really would hang with me because they, they'd realize I'm like them. It's such a sickness, right? And yeah. I think that's a brilliant, hey, normal people you actually know that you can build relationships with socially. Yeah. And, and, and for my pastor friends out there, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about 20-something guys who are training for pastoral ministry. Uh, it's way more important that they know the, the gyms and the Kathleen's in their local church who are, are, who are normal people that have like 24 followers but are living a godly, virtuous, holy life, Amen. running all the way. It's way more important for them to know them uh, than to know than to know famous people that they don't actually know. Uh, n- another another closing thought: influence, but beware of of seeking out influence. So he, what I mean is, um, I think you were you were touching on this, Reed, that like part of our our calling as Christians in the world is to influence, is to is to be witnesses to Christ, to talk about the kingdom, to 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 preach the gospel, to proclaim and to promote the gospel with our lives. We're to be a city on a hill. We we need to influence. Uh, but if but if we're in that place that you were describing where I'm trying to think through how do I gain this? How do I get this? How do I get this? Uh, we need to we need to pump the brakes. Another one, exercise caution with how much you practice righteousness before men. Um, so, you know, we just need to be careful when we're, uh, I think, publicly promoting ourselves or publicly. We don't want to be the ones, uh, you know with a parade about what we're doing and, and promoting ourselves on social media. Um, here's another one. Pray for famous people. So when we're thinking about the people, so I, for me, I was thinking about Josh Harris. I need to just pray for the guy. So I prayed for him and his, and his family. Uh, don't forget that they're normal people with normal problems. You know, what we see of them may not seem normal. They may look uh, different, uh, but, but they're not perfect. They've got normal problems, normal issues. Um, you got any you want to add to this? Yeah, you know, I, I love these. These are great closing thoughts, Jesse, and super practical. It reminded me of a couple uh, passages from the the Proverbs, right, okay. which is our wisdom literature in, the, in, in our Bible that have helped me um, because I, I actually struggle with this. Like I get so awkwardly feeling when you're, you like make fun of me for being famous or something. I really get uncomfortable <laughs> because I really had to that's fight. Part, that's part of why I do it. I, I, <laughs> thank you, brother. <laughs> I really, you know, throughout my years yeah. have really fought against yep. wanting to be right. And so, um, a couple of scriptures that, um, uh, have helped me Proverbs 27, uh, one and two, do not boast about tomorrow. 
for you do not know what a day may bring. And then this is Proverbs 27 two. let another praise you and not your own lips, a stranger and not your own mouth. Mm. Right. It's like, um, if you're always talking up your stuff, it's, it's bad. And then, uh, another one, Proverbs 30, this is the end of, of this one. It, uh, third, uh, Proverbs 30, 32 and 33. If you have been foolish, exalting yourself, or if you've been devising evil, put your hand on your mouth. For the pressing mm. of milk produces curds, and the pressing of the nose produces blood, and pressing anger produces strife. And so there's a mm. there's a lot in life from self-exaltation and devising of evil through our lips, right? The book of James teaches us to watch our mouths. Um, we this This is not helpful to life and flourishing to exalt yourself. And guess what, guys? People don't like it when people are self-promoting, self-exalting folks, mm. and you're going to... Um, you're not going to flourish in your relationships by living that way. And so uh, we, we can practice our righteousness in front of others just by talking about our accomplishments too much or talking about mm-hmm. how we're big time. I've heard this name man. dropping. Yeah. And it's sad. Here's what's bo- what bothers me, Jesse. And then, you know, I've shared some of this in confidence is that even in the kind of Christian world, there's like, hey, you got to build your platform. You got to have more Twitter followers. You got to do this if you want a book deal. Yeah. I'm like, book deals are not our goal in right. life. Right? right. It's like. Who are we going to be uh, in the Lord is much more important that we develop to be the kind of women and men that are transformed to the image of Jesus or human life according to virtue. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So, you know, as as we read before, Bonhoeffer puts that, that, you know, secrecy is meant to be manifest. And the question is only will it be now or will it be later? You know, uh, I want to invite you listeners, if you're regional, uh, Southwest Virginia. Uh, yeah, if you're Southwest Virginia or, or a, a day's drive away, yeah, day's I'm drive. hosting, the Bonhoeffer House is hosting a conference on September 29th. Uh, that'll be uh, Saturday from 1 to 5.30 in Roanoke, Virginia on Virtue. We've got a great lineup of speakers. Lots of famous people coming to speak. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Okay. There are lots well, of good we, folks. We've got three great speakers. We've got uh, Dr. Reese Bazant, who's a mentor of mine and... Uh, to me, exemplifies this. He's a guy who's poured his life into other people, uh, writes, and is very not self-promoting. He's going to be yeah. talking about mentoring and cultivating virtue. Uh, Karen Swallow Pryor, uh, who is a uh, professor at Liberty University, English professor, wrote a great book on reading well, uh, which is Gave all it to of, my daughter for oh, her birthday yeah. or Christmas yeah. or something. So she'll yeah. come and talk about cultivating virtue through through good reading. And then Hannah Anderson, author of Humble Roots and All That's Good, will come and talk about uh, cultivating virtue through discernment, through choosing mm. the good in life. Mm. Maybe I'd love Netflix. to have you guys. It's super cheap. I think I think it's ten dollars and uh, limited space because we are we are an underground thing, so we virtue don't have a conference. lot of room. Virtue yeah. conference, not about being awesome or grow, 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 but more about who you're going to be, who you're going to become. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change and the. Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer, I think is how you say it. Bonhoeffer House. Bonhoeffer House. Review us on iTunes. Lots of five stars have been accepted, and we accept more because we want to be famous. No, we don't. We want to be in the underground. Uh, Word of mouth only. Please send your comments, feedback, questions you might want to take up here on the underground to info at gospelunderground.org. We are dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture, and we hope to see you out there. Peace. Peace.